Welcome to the Well Women Co. Podcast, episode 20. Welcome to the Well Woman Collaborative Podcast, where we believe that women who count themselves worthy of being well change the world. I'm your host, Brooke Peterson, author, entrepreneur, and founder of Well Woman Co. After struggling with disorder eating and poor self-image for over a decade, I was set free in an instant and finally found the courage to step into my true identity. I'm now on a mission to help other women uncover vibrant health and live a life on purpose. It's time to tune out distractions and tune into the truth about who you were created to be. If you're ready to ditch the comparison game, receive fresh revelation, actionable tips and tricks, and honest conversations with down-to-earth experts to help you live the life you were designed for, you've come to the right place. Each week, we will be closing with a key takeaway that will move you one step further in your wellness journey, along with an in-real-life moment to wrap up each episode. Welcome to the Well Woman Collaborative Podcast, well-being for the modern-day woman. Next month's theme on the podcast is refocused. It's the time of year when schedules, schools, and activities ramp back up. And it's a time of year when it's easy to fall prey to living in autopilot, mitigating what comes our way. But let's be a well tribe who charges into new seasons like this with confidence and clarity, living on mission even in the midst of mundane. Today's guest will help us do relationships well this season, starting in our families that transfer everywhere else. I don't know about you, but it doesn't make much to get wires crossed, spark conflicts, stumble through communication missteps, and end up with relationship frustration. Developing meaningful relationships is a critical skills in every aspect of life, leading others, advancing career, building friendships, experiencing a dynamic marriage, or being an awesome parent. And I've pulled the Well Woman Co. community recently and discovered that a large percent, like over 90% of you, like public speaking. That is wild. You people are not normal. But what that tells me is that many of you are leaders. You are leaders right where you are. You're entrepreneurs. And many of you also care for family. And if I've learned anything so far, success starts at home and relationships are key. If we can develop fruitful, hear me out, not perfect connections at home, how much easier it will be to transfer that to the workplace, ministry, or beyond. Annie Purdue Olson is a founder of Leading Better Together Company. She facilitates strategic conversations with ministry leaders and teams to navigate the complexities and chaos of relationships to work better together. This episode, Annie shares insights from her wealth of knowledge of why you're wired for relationships and how to develop skills to rewire that go beyond the small talk, rally people around a purpose, bring out the best, and honor differences. I guarantee this will be an episode that you want to immediately share with a spouse or a friend or a coworker. So if at all possible, brew your favorite cup of coffee and get ready to create more meaningful family connections through understanding the different communication styles. Real quick, before we dive into today's conversation, I would love to read to you the review of the week from Miss MSRI. 
She said, I first heard about Brooke's story admission on the mom podcast and knew I had to tune in. I just started her book. I'm devouring it because of how relatable she is. It's nice to know I'm not alone on my postpartum journey. So much of what I'm hearing and reading is resonating in my own life. Thank you so much. This is just what I needed. Thank you for sharing that review. And hopefully there's others out there, maybe in their postpartum journey, maybe young moms, maybe just frustrated with the scale and in their own skin can relate to the message of the book that you're reading, Food Freedom, Stop Hiding and Uncover Who You're Meant to Be. This is why I read it, to be in those critical, vulnerable moments so that you have hope. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Remember, you can rate and review these this podcast. This is how other people find out about the Well Woman Co. community and get truth right in their earbuds. Annie, welcome to the Well Woman Co. podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I want to dive right into your story because the hearers are going to get nuggets of wisdom as it relates to communication styles, relationship, family, workplace, all of that stuff. But I think because you share the nuggets so wisely, people need to understand where you're coming from because you have a pretty unique family situation. So would you mind sharing a little bit of that with us? Yes, I do have a unique family situation. You know, I have three kids, actually, and my oldest is 29. And then I have a 22-year-old and then a seven-year-old. <laughs> I oh. often I often say that God knew that I could only raise them one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> the thought of having three kids a year apart terrifies me. <laughs> well, you got it. <laughs> Well, um, and the interesting dynamic of that story that I think is really powerful is the journey that um, I've gone through just in my relationships. And so my two olders are from my husband, Kevin, um, and he and I uh, were uh, married for seven years and had these amazing kids as a part of our life. And he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma when my son was three. Um, And so we went through a journey for a year and a half of a lot of treatment, a stem cell transplant. It was a really hard time. I was actually a pastor at a church at the time, and I wouldn't trade that role at that season of my life for anything because that church community came around us and an amazing sort of way that was really powerful and taught me uh, in so many ways the power of relationships and the power of community. I think since that season in my life, I have been in constant pursuit of community. I will go to the ends of the earth to make friendships, to create friendships, because I know that when you have those four to seven friends that are like in your corner and then you hit a hard patch like what we hit, you got people bringing meals to you. You got people cleaning your house. You got people praying for you like nobody's business. And so um, that season of my life was so powerful to have an amazing church community around me. And Kevin passed away in December of 2001. So this December, it'll be 18 years since we've wow. said goodbye to Kevin. Wow. And uh, Bernard and I were married three years later. <laughs> and um, we had decided, you know, Bernard was is a little older than me and he was in his forties and he went from being single all of his life to married with two kids. What a transition. A little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we had decided not to have any children and, uh, just go forward. I worked full time all my life. So even when my kids were little, I worked full time. I was in ministry. And so my career and working was really important to me. Um, but God wanted to show me a different side of things, 
I think. (laughs) Seven years ago, I found out that I was pregnant with our third, Briella. She was kind of our surprise. Bernard and I call her our retirement blessing. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, who else raises kids in their retirement? (laughs) It's, It's sometimes funny for me to think about the fact that I'm going to be getting a senior discount at the same time Briella's getting a student discount. Unbelievable. Uh, but it's, uh, it's fun to just have her, uh, and she has brought so much joy to our life. She has been the gift, um, that just keeps on giving in so many ways. And so when, um, I found out that she was coming into our life, I decided to actually become a stay at home mom, um, for the first time in my forties. Uh, so it was really a, a, an interesting transition for me because I'd worked full time all my life. And so then being home with this little crying baby that needed to be fed all the time and needed diaper changes. And it was a really, um, it kind of shook my identity a little bit because I think my identity had been far more wrapped up in my career than I realized. Um, and so it was a really good season of transition and learning who Jesus was and learning who I was in light of who Jesus is as a mom. Um, so I wouldn't trade that experience for anything either. (laughs) So interesting. It's unique because you can identify with so many different people. Mm-hmm. I mean, being a working mom full time, then transitioning to a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and in between a- there being a single mom for three exactly. years. <laughs> wow. So I just, I want people to really grab hold of the story. And Annie, you're being so gracious and kind of breezing over that. But I mean, to lose a husband mm. at, a, at a young age and to be widowed with two kids at home, I cannot imagine. I mean, that's an entire episode. That's an entire mm-hmm. book and an entire story to dig into that. And then to get remarried, bring someone else. And you were sharing candidly before we got on the podcast, admittedly, that your, your first and now your second husband, both amazing men, are very different. <laughs> exact opposites. And so, wow. I, I so to just add another layer to the story, they're brothers. Did you know wow. that? <laughs> I don't know if I told I, you ever that, Brick. <laughs> I, I think I would remember that detail. <laughs> so my first husband, Kevin, is uh, Bernard, my now husband's older brother. Wow. Yeah. So uh, he's been a part of my kids, my older kids' mm-hmm. life since the day they were born. And that's wow. been such a gift for us as we've transitioned into this blended family. Um, he knows my kids. And he knows them and loves them as much as I do because he was first their uncle and then their stepdad. You know, it's really an amazing story because Bernard has known my kids since they were born. He's been a part of their life because he was first their uncle and then their stepdad. So it's just made this transition into being a blended family um, so much more powerful because the depth of love that is there is, is true and real and from the day they were born. Wow. What a beautiful story. My question is, when is the movie coming out? (laughs) It would be an interesting one. It would be really an interesting one. I mean, this is like a blockbuster and the beauty, I mean, it's, but it's true. You know, there's, there's redemption we've throughout, but oh man, yeah, this, we should talk about that, Annie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so bottom line is you had a choice in this season to go either way. You know, I'm amazed at your courage to choose to lean into relationships. And now you're, you have an entire business and company around relationships where it would be so easy for you to, instead of choosing the four to seven friends, instead of pressing into community of just 
sinking in the background of hiding, of going into a hole for who knows how long. So I just want to honor you for taking that step of total faith and saying, I'm going to press into this and I'm going to allow the Lord to refine these areas of my life. And not only that, but give me the tools and insight to help others in their relationship dynamic. Yeah, I think I feel like it's an honor that I get to work with leaders because that's kind of my experience, background, education in the workplace and ministry is a key part of it. So I work with that, but I work with a ton with couples and just people on figuring out how do you do relationships well? And I just feel honored that I get to have the whole breadth of that experience and can draw on all of those, that journey that you're talking about in my life to be able to do that for people. Right. So I'd love if you can give the listener a little background of what you're doing now, and then let's start to dive into communication styles and why that can impact not only our home. Annie, I don't know if you would agree with this. I think you would, that success starts at home. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Success starts at home and then that transfers to the marketplace or to ministry. And so I think these communication styles that you're going to share are beautifully um, complex because they can touch a lot of different areas of our life. But I'd love to just touch on the communication styles as it relates to family mm-hmm. and start there. So what are you doing now? How are you taking this passion for leadership into a career? Uh, well, I have my own company called Leading Better Together. And I work with ministry leaders around navigating the, the relationship complexities that they face in leadership uh, I work primarily with uh, leaders in ministry with a background in pastor and pastoring. I get the whole dynamic of, you know, people are the reason that we do what we do in ministry. They're what calls us. They're what draws us in. They're our mission. But at the same time, people are the very reason that we want to throw in the towel and run away from ministry. <laughs> True. I know. And so really being able to navigate the complexities of the relationship dynamics to be able to do the mission that God has called us to, that's my sweet spot. And being able to take a look at how do we do this differently? How do we navigate teams? How do we navigate our relationships? How do we navigate through difficult people or difficult personalities? I think one of the challenges that we all face in any role that we're in, whether it's uh, in a marriage or in a volunteering at a church or in um, doing our role as a career, is that you know we really uh, think other people are are like us or they see it the same way that we see it, and wow. they don't. Um, and so there's this mismatch or this miscommunication that happens. You think that, that you're speaking clearly and then they don't hear you the way that they hear you because we all have a different way of communicating. Um, we have different words that we use. We have different connections that we make when we're communicating. And so how many times have we had a misstep in communication when we thought we were communicating clearly? Right. Wow. So, so powerful. So these four communication styles, Annie, is this something you came up with? What's the background behind them? Yeah, the four communication styles that I use that I really leverage a lot in both one-on-one coaching with leaders to help them do better and in training programs that I do are based on the Myers-Briggs personality indicator. 
or the MBTI or Myers-Briggs. Everybody calls it all those nicknames. And I'll refer to it as the Myers-Briggs because that's probably the easiest way to to think about it. But the Myers-Briggs personality has a lot of rich information to tell us about what we prefer, what our natural preferences are, um, and then also uh, how to connect to or bridge the gap between what we prefer and what other people prefer. So I use a lot of different assessment assessment instruments in the work that I do, but this one is really powerful at like bridging the gap between the differences in the way we communicate or the differences in the way we navigate conflict, um, the differences in what we need when we're faced with change or transitions in our life. Um, And so the communication styles is really uh, brought out or nurtured from the mental processes or the two middle letters of the Myers-Briggs. So if you take the Myers-Briggs assessments, you're going to come away with four letters that describe what you prefer. The middle two letters of that acronym that you get are the ones that really make up the communication styles. And I've given them names because it's a whole lot easier to remember names than letters. So, you know, if you uh, like, I remember I'm an NF or an SP or TJ, I don't know what I am anymore, you know, but people (laughs) connect to words or word pictures way better. And so I've really taken it from the Myers-Briggs to create like word pictures that help people understand the different ways that they communicate. Brilliant. So let's jump right into the four communication styles, what they mean, and how this might play out in a family dynamic. Yes, it's so fun. Um, I'll just go through the four communication styles and then just talk about different relationships in my own life. Yeah, <laughs> they right? played out. That's probably the easiest way mm-hmm. to make it work. But I always like to start with the problem solver because they are just like quick and ready um, to get things done. They know how to solve problems. Um, they are the ones that see the details and the facts, they are super ready to analyze. Here's the problem. And so when you're talking to them, the first thing that they're going to see and what you're saying is what problem needs to be solved. So I don't know, some, some people like this in your life, you've probably had them, you start telling them about what you're going through and they're like, oh, I see what the problem is and here's a solution. And they're ready to advise. They're yes. very ready to give you advice. Um, and so they, they see steps well, first you need to do this and then you need to do that. And then if you do this, this is what's going to happen. They're very results oriented um, and very focused on the problem solving. So when you're communicating to them, they're expecting brief and concise communication. Hmm. So they don't less like that. They don't like, you know, talk around in circles. They just get right to the point and their point is to take action. So they love to take action. So it's interesting because my mom is a problem solver. So I was raised with a mom who is a problem solver. Interestingly enough, on the Myers-Briggs personality profiles, the problem solver has a preference for thinking in the way that they make decisions, which generally actually is is predominantly uh, like 60% of U.S. males have a preference for thinking and only 40% of U.S. females have a preference for thinking. Hmm. So that goes into this quadrant of, you know, problem solvers tend to be 60% male and 40% female. And so my mom as a problem solver is is a little bit more of an anomaly because not as many women are problem solvers as men. Um, Me, I'm the opposite of my mother. So if we drop down to the other corner, corner, I'm a bridge builder. Um, So bridge builders, instead of getting right to the point and speaking clearly, they speak in metaphors and analogies. 
sequential communication isn't really the way that bridge builders think or speak. <laughs> they, they tend to, to have more of a random communication style. So they're going from one topic, which leads to another topic, which leads to another topic. Um, and they see things in connections and they make connections. They like to brainstorm and develop and let ideas evolve. So problem solving or getting to the point or analyzing a problem is less important to them. And what's more important is possibilities and dreaming and analyzing possibilities. So here, me and my mom are opposites. Can you imagine us at teenagers? Oh, <laughs> Teenagers? Oh. I know. We. It was so funny because one of the advice that I always give for people, when you're communicating to a bridge builder, don't bark orders them. Hmm. Don't give them steps or sequences or say, here's what you need to do. Here's the first thing you need to do. Here's the second thing you need to do. And then you're, you're going to get what you want to go because they want to really go through the random communication of thinking it through, making the connections and owning the outcome or owning the result. <laughs> so it was so fun for me and my mom to sit down and go through this and for her to say, yes, I'm a problem solver. And now I get why when you were a teenager, it was so hard when I would just tell you what to do. <laughs> Wow. I feel like the listeners out there, there's light bulbs going off everywhere and they're like, this is the problem. I know like, there's, it's not just me. It's not just my husband. It's not just my boss. Oh my goodness. So if, if you're listening, make sure to right after this, you need to share this episode with those people, um, where you're getting those light bulbs turned on. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Next one, Hanny. <laughs> well, and, um, then uh, strategic thinker is uh, the next one. And they, that is the strategic thinker and problem solver are really similar in the sense that they both prefer brief and concise communication. So get to the point is really important to them. And that's because they share that thinking preference on the Myers-Briggs. And so their brief, concise communication, get to the point. Strategic thinker is always about, okay, give me the bottom line of what you're trying to communicate, and then add in the details or I'll ask questions if necessary. So one of my favorite bosses of all time um, was a strategic thinker. And uh, one of the things when we were in meetings, and you know me from the last conversation, I'm a bridge builder. So I like to talk in random communications and get it all out, talk it through, you know, that's how I think. So lots of words. I love lots of words. And um, <laughs> My strategic thinking boss was like, you know, get to the point. What's the bottom line here? And uh, I always knew in meetings when we were talking, if I got too long winded, she would say, yep, yep, yep. Wow. <laughs> when I heard that, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> that was my clue that I needed to get to the point, bottom line it for her, because that's what she really needed in the conversation. Um, Interesting. One of the things that I would do in in getting ready for my meetings, my one-on-one words with uh, meetings with her was really to sit down and go through what is my agenda and what is that it, that I want to communicate with her or what is the one ask that I have for her. If I could take the time to try and bottom line it, before I had the meeting with her, it made our meeting so much more powerful. And she would walk out of those meetings energized and excited. Hmm. And it wasn't that I didn't get to brainstorm or do some of the ideating. Actually, she loved that about our meetings. And so that was what I brought to the table in the meeting is, is that she would love it when I would sit there and go on the whiteboard and start drawing circles and putting things together and taking whatever idea that she had and like 
blowing it up and expanding on it and exploring possibilities. But if we started with the bottom line, then it made her more secure in the conversation to be able to go into all of the different areas that I wanted to brainstorm or explore. We we were just like a powerful tag team. I loved it because the way our gifts and talents complemented one another, I think made us both better people. Wow. Very interesting. I can see how, I think I relate to the strategic thinker Mm -hmm. listening to this because I like to have context and I like to know where we're going, Mm -hmm. but then I also enjoy the creative process. So Annie, maybe we need to keep (laughs) We could be a powerhouse (laughs) tag team, right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, and then my husband now, Bernard is a strategic thinker. And so it's been really my experience with my boss and what I learned in my relationship with her has translated so powerfully into wow. my marriage. Um, I think that my husband should probably write a thank you note to her <laughs> because I don't know. I mean, he would have so much less patience with me. I think if I was, wow. if I had not learned some of the skills of communicating to somebody who was different than me in my relationship with my boss. And if I could just pause you for one minute, I feel like that is a really powerful thing to recognize a lot of times the inconvenient relationships in our lives, maybe that's preparation for a future relationship. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe, maybe there's some keys there of learning how to navigate and communicate and relate to people who, like you said at the beginning, are different from us. Mm-hmm. And so again, I just want to encourage us listening to this to think about those challenging relationships right now in your life. Think about the ones where you feel a little pit in the bottom of your stomach when you have to work with them or have a conversation and start to think about the future. You know, is there a Mr. Right mm-hmm. in the future that you literally need to understand how to communicate to this type of person because that will translate you know, in some senses to opportunities in the future, teams in the future, um, kids in the future. I mean, hello, we all know that each kid pops out so differently. (laughs) So I think it's just a great, that's a great moment to allow us to kind of zoom out and see the bigger perspective. Yeah. One of the things I do oftentimes in the trainings that I have is, is I just like, these are in quadrants on a worksheet and I have people like plot, who do you know that's in these quadrants? Who are the people that you know or that you have in your life that are already in these quadrants? What friendships do you have? If you're in a marriage, where does your husband land? Maybe where your family of origin, your parents maybe land. Um, If you're at work, where are the people on your team and how do they land in each of these quadrants? Because it can be really powerful to think about, okay, I really am challenged in this relationship. Now Now I know why they're in my opposite quadrant. Wow. The other thing that's really powerful about that, though, is is taking a look at okay, when I'm really stuck um, in and my so one of my challenges as a bridge builder is I can get stuck in ruminating thinking. Like my thoughts can circle around, and I keep circling around the same thought, and I can't get out of that pattern. My friend, who is a problem solver, is the best person to go to to help me get out of that. My opposite. Wow. Wow. So no, having her on my little like quadrant and going, okay, I know that she's the gal I need to go to right now because she's sure. going to kick my butt and help me get out of this place. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's, that's great. I love it. Yeah. So what's the last one? The last one is the compassionate connector and that's opposite of the strategic thinker. So remember when we think about the strategic thinker, the strategic thinker is brief, concise, bottom line communication, but 
They're all about asking curious questions to be able to analyze and think strategically. They're about setting strategy, casting vision, big picture trends. So the language that they're speaking is like five years from now. They're talking, where are we going to go five years from now? And they're not talking about what we need to do today. The compassionate connector is their opposite. And they're like, okay, it's all about common sense, people. It is what we need to do in the here and now. What do people need? So they're paying attention to details, just like the problem solver pays attention to details. But their details are all about the people around them. They see what people need and they know what people need intuitively before that person even knows what they need. And they want to meet that need. So they're always asking questions to gather helpful details about the here and now. So imagine a conversation with a strategic thinker and a compassionate connector. The strategic thinker is going, five years from now, we can do this. And if we do this, that's what's going to happen. And the compassionate connector is going, but what about Jane, who sits in the cubicle next to me right now? She's really overwhelmed in her work, and we need to do something about it. Mm -hmm. the, I mean, they're just, they're talking totally different languages at that point. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And what's frustrating then is the strategic thinker is going, well, I just don't understand why you can't catch this vision. It would so motivate you if you could understand where we're going and the why behind what we're doing. And the compassionate connector goes, all of that doesn't matter if we don't take care of Jane. I don't understand why you can't see her need. I don't understand why you can't understand that we need to do this in the here and now. You're talking big picture. You're talking meetings. And it's time to get in the trenches and start helping people. <laughs> wow. So, so the compassionate, just so I'm clear, the compassionate connector isn't necessarily about the future, that strategic thinker? The strategic thinker is future focused. Compassionate connector is focused on the here and now. And they will look for, to the past to help them solve the solutions, to solve the problems that they're seeing right now. And the problems that they see are problems in people's lives or problems with the resources that people need in order to succeed. The problem solver is much more focused on systemic problems or process problems, more less than people problems. So they'll both, both problem solver and compassionate connector will talk about problems, but the problems they're looking at are totally different. So the, the problem solver is going to talk about this system is broken and we're not being efficient. So their goal is like, we need to make this more efficient. Compassionate connectors looking at the problem and going, we are not caring about people and we are not meeting their needs. And so they are, wow. they're compassionate, but they're also all about connecting people to the resources that they need. So my first sure. husband, Kevin, was a compassionate connector. And so one of the things that I could give him that was such a blessing for him is I could clean the house. Um, I could wash dishes. Um, I could do things that were like acts of service. So if you know anything about love languages, his love language was certainly acts of service. And that fits in this compassionate connector space is really where I could like do things, tangible things that would help him in his real world life in the here and now. And that was his gift. Uh, that was my gift to him. So when I married Bernard, having been through a really amazing marriage with Kevin and it was wonderful. And, and I loved him so much. I thought I knew how to communicate love to Bernard. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to wash dishes for him. I'm going to sweep and I'm going to clean the floor. And so every night after I put the kids to bed, I would go and I would clean the house for him. And he's sitting on the couch getting frustrated because guess what? That wasn't his love language. 
What he wanted me to do is not connect compassionately to what he needed in the moment. What he wanted me to do is sit down and have a conversation with him where he could dream and think and talk about the future and, um, you know, work through the problems or the thoughts that he was having. My husband is an inventor. He's a mechanical engineer. He works down at the unit and he loves to invent things and make them work. And so when I could sit down and let have a conversation with him about what his most recent thing is, that he's working on at work and just let him brainstorm and dream about him. That was speaking love to him. I had to relearn a whole new way of communicating to a totally different person. Wow. This is so applicable in life. I I even see, you know, a husband and wife, one's a strategic thinker, one's a compassionate connector talking about an issue with a kid. Mm -hmm. And and one party is like, well, we just got to tighten up the curfew. We just got to, you know, talk to the teacher. And the other, the other partner is saying, well, what about the kid? They're feeling left out. They're feeling this. So, oh, this is so intertwined in our everyday, which is why I think this conversation is critical. So Annie, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but I would love to go through the communication styles one more time, just as a quick overview and maybe share one practical way to connect with that communication Mm -hmm. style. So this is Probably an episode where you're going to have to re-listen, take notes, and then have your friend, your coworker, or your spouse listen to. And, and I encourage you to actually take a little bit of time to do what and walk through what Annie is sharing to figure out how do I communicate? How do they communicate? And putting some intention around it. So are you okay if we do that? Yeah, I'd be, I'd love to do that. <laughs> All right. So the, for a tip for the problem solver, if you're talking to a problem solver, get to the point quickly. That's the biggest thing that you can do and talk in facts, figures, and concrete things. So don't use metaphors. Don't use analogies. Get to the point quickly. When you're talking to a problem solver, if you are not a problem solver, you are best off thinking through and writing down what it is that you want to say to them first so you can get as clear and concise and concrete as you can be. So be specific with your examples. Come up with examples and be specific. If you're talking to a strategic thinker, you are the best tool in your back pocket is asking them questions that help them think deeper. So for sure, what we talked about before, if you have something you need to say to them, bottom line it first and let them ask questions. But the gift that you can give them is to ask questions that nurture their thinking. Um, You know, draw out more of what they're thinking. Get curious about what it is that they're talking about. And don't try and uh, analyze it. Don't try and critique it. Just really let them think and dream it through. So, you know, get some good questions in your back pocket that work (laughs) and ask those questions. If you're talking with a bridge builder, one of the best gifts that you can give them is to just let them dream and brainstorm, come up with word pictures, um, and just talk it through. They talk in circles and they have a little bit more of a random communication style and let them do that. They really care about relationships. Relationships are really powerful. So focus on nurturing the relationship that you have with them and give them like 10 minutes, just throw 10 minutes on a clock. This is really hard for a problem solver to do, but set a timer. If you need to set a timer and say, okay, Annie, go. You've got like 10 minutes, just go. And that might be frustrating for a 
bridge builder, but still it keeps it contained to 10 minutes, but really giving them the room to roam and to, to have the conversation. And with compassionate connectors, I, I hear over and over again, one of the best things you can do with a compassionate connector is to connect with them while doing something that helps others. So if you want to have a conversation with them and you want to communicate with them, roll up your sleeves and start doing the work with them. They communicate well when you're working alongside with them, aside them, pick up whatever it is. They're going to overwork. Compassionate connectors will overwork every time they see needs, they meet needs. They're going to take on more than they can handle. And so if you come alongside them and lend them a hand, that's the best gift that you can give them. Wow. So powerful. I'm just taking notes and there's people coming to mind already that I'm like, okay, this is how I can serve them. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. So Annie, this is, this is truly life-changing and not even embellishing that this is truly life-changing tools and equipping that you're giving us today. So thank you so much. And in all that we shared, I would love if you want to share with the women listening, the number one takeaway, like how do we step forward into improving our communication and our connection with those that we love? I think one of the most powerful things that we can do is remember that we are brilliant. God made us brilliantly and he designed us uniquely to be who he made us to be. So own it. Own the communication style that you are and own it like a boss and be brilliant. Don't try and change you. Try and build on you more. That's our job is to know that God wired us differently and he wired us brilliantly. And then as after we own it, now we get to have the powerful um, responsibility um, to connect with people who are different than we are and let them be brilliant and honor their brilliance and help them shine. And if we can do those two things, then that's kingdom. Amen. I could not have said it better myself. So Annie, now people are chomping at the bit. Where can we get more information? Where can we learn from you more? Well, I am obviously on Facebook, so you can search me at Leading Better Together on Facebook. Follow my business page. I post a ton of fun stuff and fun resources there. Um, you can also follow me at Leading Better Together on Instagram. I am launching a new website, so you can check that out at www.leadingbettertogether.com or grab me on LinkedIn, and you can find me there, Annie Purdue Olson. And so I'm pretty active in all those zones, and I love giving away free stuff. So if you follow me, you are going to get amazing resources. Yes. Great. Well, Annie, I'm so proud of you for mm. stepping into this. Um, I'm so impressed by how you're uh, making waves in the marketplace to bring these tools um, really far and wide. So we honor you and I can't wait to hear some of the takeaways from the Wellman Co. community on how they're implementing this in their lives. Thanks for having me, Brooke. I was excited to be here. I thought Annie's number one takeaway today was brilliant. She said, we have been made brilliant by a God whose brilliant shines through us. Our job is to know how God wired each of us differently, connect to him as our source in all things, and kingdom impact will happen in the world. In short, be brilliant, like she said, own it like a boss, and then let others shine in their brilliance. Remember, all of the show notes from every episode is essentially the notes from the show. So if you're not taking notes yourself, make sure to check that out. Um, you can also connect with Annie further because she shared so many wonderful resources with us. 
Don't forget to dive into our free Facebook group, the Well Woman Co-Community. This is the place that you can join the conversation and many times myself or my guests share bonus content. So go to Facebook and join the free Facebook group, Well Women Co-Community. Well Women, have a great week.